I used to get so irritated about everything not being perfect in the way I want it. Just, I'm just such a perfectionist. Um, so when do we get mature enough, like I said, to stop being bothered by the thing that's been bothering us for 20 years? Like that irritates me so bad. Okay, then, then let's get to the place that doesn't irritate anymore because the enemy shouldn't be able to figure us out that easy. And we should be mature enough and growing enough in God that we can be a part of the move of God while he's moving, not figuring out the move of God after he's already moved. I know from my experience in the, in the years, how many times God has said to me, say to somebody, prepare this or put this in place and get this in place. And how many times that person would say no or not align with that thing. And then when the manifestation of God comes, they wind up missing out. The foolish versions versus the, the wise versions, right? And there's a time that comes that God manifests what he's promised and you're not, you don't have the container to carry it. it it's, it's, it's always interesting to me to see how Christians really like the weight until the bottom falls out to get involved with what God is doing. As we studied last week in Psalms 37, if you love God, you honor God, you will walk, you will stumble, but you will not fall or not fail because he will hold your hand up if you love him and you walk with him. I hope a lot of you have taken that expectation to heart and begin to believe that I don't have to fall from one situation to another. Yes, I may stumble, but because I love the Lord and I seek him, he will always hold my hand up. Now, th that's a huge revelation, and I don't want you guys to forget that. So was it Psalms 37, 21? Yes. Okay, and, and through. So I won't preach that all over again, but I want to move forward. Not only does he keep you from stumbling or falling, I mean, keep you from falling. He, you stumble, he said, but you won't fall if you love him, you delight in him. And he talks about the protection. And I just want to read some of that. I won't teach on it, but I just want to read it again. Um, starting from verse 21, it says, the wicked borrow and do not repay. So if you borrow and you don't pay people back, you're wicked. I can read that verse to a few people that owe me money, but we'll, we're going to let it go. We, go, we don't call it a seed. We don't, let it, we don't let it go. Now, I'm just going to say that as a side journey. <laughs> I remember one time somebody, I loaned somebody money and they never paid me back. And it was a decent amount of money. And I remember being very upset about it. And God said, you can count it as a loss or you can count it as a seed. Mm. There's no harvest on the loss. It's a harvest on the seed. Let him have it. If he comes to you, if you decide it's a seed, if they come to you and try to give it back, you can't take it then. No, that's a seed. And I said, well, I know how seed work in the kingdom. So I'm gonna let you have that. I'm gonna let them have that. Well, they ain't never came and offered it back. But my point is, <laughs> I was now free to not be hurt and irritated every time it came to my mind that they borrowed my money and they didn't get back. It's your freedom that it's all about. It's not about what they did or didn't do. And, and in the area of where people treat you indifferent or in a way you shouldn't be treated, well, I can walk around angry at them. And boy, I've had quite a few people to be angry at lately, but I've chosen to say, I release that. I won't hold that to their charge. I'm gonna let it go because it's designed to get in the way of my progression. If people decide to harm or hinder you, they have to be hindered to hinder you. They have to be in a place to try to hold you in a place. You just choose to leave them in that place and you go forward and do what God has called you to do. 
and, be, and live in the freedom and the joy of that freedom. Do you, do, do, can I get an amen for somebody? Amen. You know, it, it, I'm not going to allow somebody else's pain to become mine to the point that my life is stifled. So I, I, I just really woke up to the, the freedom that I have a right to choose not to be in bondage to anything amen. anymore amen. is a process, but I like it. Those the, Lord, um, those the Lord blesses inherit the land, but those who curse, he curses, will be destroyed. Verse, that, here we go, 23. The Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in him. We went through all that last week, but he makes your, your, your steps firm. That means your ground is solid. Though you may stumble, you will not fall, for the Lord will uphold you with his hand. Then he went on to say, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. So let's take this. God upholds us in his right hand, his left hand, whatever hand he wants. God could have five. God could have a hundred hands. I don't care which hand. I don't care if it's the middle hand. He holds me up and he keeps me from falling if I delight in him. How many of us delight in the Lord? Amen. Amen. So then by promise and by decree, you should not fall. You can stumble, but you can't fall. Man will say you fell. God says you haven't. And as a result of that, you can stop feeling shame for your mistakes or your stumbles. Somebody say, I have not fallen. I may have stumbled, but I'm strong because God keeps me that way. Amen. Amen. So now with that said, I start to really look at, wow, you keep me from falling. I'm never going to claim failure again. Stumbles, yeah, but not failures. And I thought about Peter walking on the water. And people make remarks about Peter on, on his water walk, you know, and yeah, he, he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink. And I heard whole messages about that. Sad how negative people can be. Have you ever walked on water? To be talking about his almost sink? You know, like you have never even walked on the water to make the comment about he possibly almost sank. I don't know anybody who's walked on water. Anybody. He asked, Lord, bid me come. The other disciples stayed in the boat safe. At least he got the experience of walking on water. Whether he began to sink or semi-sank or went 50 feet down and Jesus had to go get him. The point is, he stepped out and allowed himself to, ex to experience the delivering power and the upholding power of God. He has something that he has for generations and generations to come that would never be taken from him. He walked on water with the Lord. I want to walk on water with the Lord. And in that process, even if I begin to sink, stumble, he will uphold me with his hand if I delight in him. So I'm going to ask again, how many of you delight in the Lord? That's all he asked. He didn't even ask that you be perfect in all your ways and love him and never commit a sin and never fall. He didn't even ask. He said, 
just what? Just the light in him. That's a big benefit for just the light. I can, I can, I can delight a little more. But now let's go forward. Because now that we understand that he upholds us in his hand, it's New York. Got to hear the sirens. That's the music. That's the music of the earth. Just listen. <laughs> there it, it goes with us. So now listen. This is this is look. This is podcast. It gets as real as it gets. Um. So listen. Now that we know that he upholds us, I want to talk about some of the other things. What's the title of the message? You remember? You're looking around. How high is free? How high is free? I'm trying to talk to you guys about freedom that goes deeper than church freedom. I'm trying to talk to you about deliverance that goes deeper than religious deliverance. I want to talk to you about a God that takes care of you in a way that you probably not even consider he takes care of you. You probably read the verses and saw this. I've read this a million times and never saw that God doesn't let me fall. He just catches me when I stumble if I give him the opportunity to. That's great. So now, with that said, I want to go back and I want to touch on a couple of things scripturally. All right. So here's here's what I want you to do for me. I want you to go to, let me see which one I'm going to start with. Let's go to Joel chapter two. Let's go to Joel. Joel, like Joel Osteen. Mm -hmm. That is a book. That's probably why they named him that. So let's go to Joe. And I'm going there with you. Just give me a second. Not Joe, Joe. And I said two, right? Yes. Okay, so let's go there. Let me see what verse I want to start in. Hmm. I want to read the whole thing, but I, it, uh, so much. Okay, so let me start at... Let's, let's start at 21. This whole thing, if you get a chance, please read it. This whole chapter. It's a short book. It's only like three chapters. Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Do, do, do not be afraid, you wild animals. For the pasture in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floor will be filled with grain and the vats will overflow with new wine. Let, let's, let's just stop and just take that in for a minute. 
Let, let's just stop and take that in for a minute. Do you see all these wonderful, great and precious promises that he's saying? Just rejoice, be glad about this because this is what the Lord is doing and continuing to do on your behalf. You know, every everything is working together. All the things that are supposed to yield, yield fruit are yielding fruit. Are you seeing this? Watch this. Verse 25. I will pay you for the years the locusts have eaten up, the great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and even the locust swarm, my, my great army that I have sent amongst you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord, the Lord your God, who has wonder, worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Mm. Uh. Mm. I don't know. That's a good place to shout. Wow. That's a lot of good right there. Yeah. So I just found out he won't let me stumble. But now I'm also finding out and he's taking care of me to have everything I need everywhere to do everything he wants me to do and needs me to do. And I lack nothing. And even the stuff that went wrong, he's going to fix it. And whatever the locusts have eaten, he's going to replace it. And he will put me in a place that I will not shame again. So not only does he not let me fall when I stumble, he returns to me all that I even lost foolishly. Amen. Amen. Hmm. I don't know about you, saints, but this is a this is the example that God began to give me when He began to ask me how high is free. Are you really free? Whom the Son makes free is free indeed. But what comes with that freedom? Do you know what freedom entails? Whom the Son makes free, I'm just, uh, I'm just free. I just, I'm just feel like I'm just not bound no more. Oh, shucks, the alarm just went off. I got to get to work before my boss fired me. Okay, well, you know, how high is free? What really comes with freedom? Have I expected enough? as I seek the Lord for what free is. There's a, in Psalm 119, I saw this when I was homeless many years ago, is a verse where he says, Lord, bless me that I'm not tempted to sin. Provide for me so that I'm not tempted to do wrong. And I read that verse and I remember going, so you're not even saying to me, nope, I'm going to make you struggle and go through hard times and be poor and broke. Well, you just got to hold on and be good anyway. I have a right to say to you, God, don't, don't put a brother in a place like that. Just, just feed a brother. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, give me, take care of me so I'm not tempted to steal. Well, you don't, you're not tempted to steal when you have everything you need. Right. Well, we just read right here. He's saying, I will make the rains fall for you in this season. I will make your trees blossom. I will make sure you have plenty of food and herbs and whatever you need. I will take care of you. And then for the stuff that has been taken from you, the things that the enemy has taken away from you, I will restore it. I will give you plenty to right there at 26. You have plenty to eat until you are full. A lot of people, some people don't have that problem. They got too much to eat. So, you know, but and you, he's saying he will take care of you. Sure, he's your God and you will not have shame attached to you. Well, what is shame? Well, 
being homeless is this is kind of it could be shameful, you know. Not being able to pay your bills and having to explain to the bill collecting the landlord every time you come and you can't pay your rent, that could be shameful. Then he said, I will provide for you. So there is no shame. So what I want to what I want to go on is I want to confirm this out of the mouth for two, three, two or three witnesses. Okay. So I want you to go with me to another place. One more place, and then we're going to wrap it up for the day. But I think this is a good place to bring it home. I hope this is blessing you. Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to go there now. Let me know if you're good and you're there. We're there. Starting at verse one, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Are you reading these things? This is some powerful stuff. But let's stop right here. Because in the New Testament, Jesus walked into the temple and he picked up the scroll and he read this verse. And he said, he sat the book down and eyes were gazed upon him and the man stood up with the withered hand and he healed him. But he read this. Jesus read this verse, this very verse. They preached the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee, which I won't get into this week. That's big. We'll talk about that. But he came and he stood and he said, watch this. Let me read this part again, because I, I don't want to just, I want you to hear this because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Wow. So just, just, just by opinion, how many of you have ever been kind of poor before? What's good news to the poor? You're not poor anymore. Jesus said he's anointed me the preach, huh? come on, saints. He anointed me to preach this news to the poor. The good news. What's the good news to the poor? Now, now he's talking about salvation. No, 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 no. He talked about salvation. He covered all of that. But in this case, he's being very specific. The good news to the poor. And then he goes on to say to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee, which we'll get into in the next time. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a whole two, three message in itself. How many are you familiar with the year of Jubilee? Whew. Look it up a little bit before we get. How many of you online know about the year of Jubilee? Couple, so you understand that's the year when your debts were all canceled. And man, oh, whew. that was a powerful year. Whatever, whatever was you loaned, the person had to give it back. It, it, 
Everything was restored. Anything that was broken was fixed. It was an awesome season. So listen, we're not going to get into that right now. Let's just think about this. So we do understand now that to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and, 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 and to proclaim the good news to the poor in this situation, you understand what I'm saying? It's him saying, I'm going to restore you from poverty. I'm going to take poverty from you. I'm going to restore you to the state in which I originally created you as my people to be and walk in. How high is free? I came to redeem you from the curse of the law. Part of the curse of the law is poverty. So he said, in this case, in this conversation, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And what did we say the good news to the poor is? You ain't poor no more. That's the good news to the poor. Not just hold on, sweet by and by. One day, the Lord knows what you can bear. That's not good news to the poor. Good news to the poor is, listen, he has sent you to preach the good news to the poor, and he's talking about this part of your heart. Oh, really? Then the next verse, he said, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So now he dealt with the financial, and now he's dealing with the emotional. So don't try to say it's all. No, he breaks it down. Watch this. To release them from darkness, the release from darkness for the prisoner. So now it's getting you out of jail. Proclaim the Lord's year of favor. That's the year of Jubilee. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn. He covered every base. Amen. There's not one area of your life that Jesus came that he said, I'm going to leave that out. That's not important. It's not spiritual. Let me give you something to, to, to kind of ponder a little bit. Not residentially speaking, positionally speaking, where do you live? Heaven? On earth. You live on earth. This is where you live. Okay, do we agree with that? Does anybody here don't not live on earth? You're not sure, Mer? <laughs> Um, because I got, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't, don't, nobody wants a sermon from you. Just, just, it was a a rhetorical question. We already know you. Stop. Here's the point. We live on earth. This is where our bodies reside. Who created us? Where did he put us? Hmm. So God created me. Gave me this earthly body and put me on earth and said, good luck with that. Figure it out. It's your problem, not mine now. No, he put you on earth with the mind of provision that he would have given you if you were in his presence. Got that? It was never by design that man struggled. It was by the fall of man that man struggled. It was after the fall of man that he said, by the sweat of your brow, you should tell the land. But before the fall of man, to know it was to have it. I am not 
what you would call rich in the scale of a Bill Gates or something like that. But I've been blessed and I've been poor and rich is better. <laughs> really is just, just to let you know. Even when I'm serving God, it's easier when, when, when I'm not trying to figure out how to pay my bills. I worship a lot better than I did when I didn't have no money. I'm just telling you, my, my praise and worship time, ha I have some substance. You know, it ain't no bunch of begging in the process. It's, it's just bills are paid in all four locations. I can worship. I got some freedom when I worship. You don't think that's what God wants for his children? Absolutely. Not to be distracted by this. And that's why in that Psalm 91, he says, Lord, bless me so that I'm not tempted to sin. Provide for me. So God chose to put that in there. So here's my point, going back to this. The acceptable year of the Lord, the Lord that came to say, I've come to redeem you from the curse. I've come to be a blessing to you. You've been put in a place to be a representation of God's goodness. So it's not about the stuff. I'm not saying this, you know, I'm not doing one of these prosperity messages. Everybody, God wants everybody rich now, just go claim it. I've never taught that and I'll never teach that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added. It's always been my message and it always will be. But it would be wrong for me not to tell you what God created you to have if you sought first the kingdom of God. Right. It would be wrong for me not to tell you everything that came in that package. You know, it's a deal that comes with it. When you sign, you know, what's say our membership has its privileges, yeah. right? There's a there's privileges to this membership. And for teachers not to share with you his new Israel, what the benefits are is wrong. Should you be chasing those? No. Should they become the priority? No. It says if you delight in him, he'll hold you up. So the, my issue is to delight in him, but I do understand that the lie that I'm not supposed to have is demonic. The lie that I'm supposed to be ashamed, that I'm supposed to be without, that I'm supposed to be confused, that I'm supposed to be lost, all of that is demonic. And so for me to, to walk in the freedom that God has called me to, what's the title of the message? How high is free? And that's what God's been asking me. Okay, you keep saying you're free because you got a little something here and a little something there, but yet you were going through depression and yet you're going through this conflict with this person, that this person is depressing you here and your blood pressure is going up because you're having all this anxiety. How high is free? Whom the son makes free is? Well, are you free indeed? Okay, by faith or for real? You should say yes. But by faith or for real? And that's the thing. When I say for real, I'm talking about in manifestation that you can stick your hand on. Say this with me. Every bit of freedom that God promises is mine. I claim it. I, I, and I repent, and I repent for living without it. Every bit of that freedom is Amen. yours. It's yours. Yes. It's yours. 
No, you don't chase it. You seek the kingdom. But if you seek the kingdom without understanding what the reward of seeking the kingdom is, you don't seek it with the gusto that you should. Catch that? I thought God just want me to struggle and go through. And I'm like, so then why should I be busting my behind to do all this? I'm serving God out of the fear of him taking away what he already ain't giving me. That made no sense. And when God said to me, son, that's a lie. I provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. And that hit me because for a long time I heard it preach according to his riches and glory. And it's not and, it's in, according to his riches in glory. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop. You provide for me according to what you got up there? So that mean my educational level, none of that has nothing to do with this? My talents and skills and abilities are not limited? You provide according to your riches that's in glory? I've been expecting you to take care of me based on my circumstance and situation. You telling me you take care of me based on your circumstance and situation. Well, wait, I, huh, I, I need a new picture here. And I like to share this with anybody who's new and not familiar with my teaching. When I was homeless and I was poor, I remember I went before God because I believed in all the suffering doctrine. You're supposed to go to hard times and God want to teach you something, all that. Malachi stuff that ain't backed up by scripture. But I believed it. It's what I was taught and I learned it. And one day I went before God after being evicted for the second time. And I said, God, I know about holiness. I know about righteousness. I know about purity and all that right now. This was my prayer to God. I said, but God, right now I need some money. I'm, 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 ready, to, I'm ready to meet you back in this class another day but in this season right now brother needs some dog i need a place to live and i need to be able to feed my family so if you don't mind i'm just going to search your word and search you right now for prosperity and increase if you don't mind <laughs> blessings and god said to me go ahead and the first place he took me was was um, um proverbs 8 and all, you're, and all you're getting, get wisdom. And with that, get understanding. For it should come to you. But left the days in one hand and wealth and honor in the other. I said, oh, so if I seek wisdom, it'll come with health and wealth. Well, I'm going to seek wisdom then. And I begin to seek wisdom. And as I sought wisdom, wisdom began to introduce me to righteousness and holiness and purity and all those other wonderful things and along with the wealth and prosperity. But because I was seeking it for the wealth and prosperity, it came with it. Let me, let me make sure, let me make this easy for you. Let me make it real clear. I'm gonna make sure you understand what I just said. If you seek God for anything that's really him, all of it comes together. It's all inclusive package. And you don't leave the wealth and the health on the side and just bring you holiness and purity. If he comes, if you seek him for wealth, he brings holiness. If you bring, seek him for wealth, he brings holiness and health. He brings it all. How high is free? Wow. Say it's all mine. It's all mine. So let me bring this, let me bring this home and then we'll wrap up for the day. You being blessed? Yes. yes.
I, st I ended at what verse? I only did one? No, I didn't. Yeah. Thank you. I thought I did. Yeah, thank you. Watch this. Let's go back to two. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. No matter what you're mourning for, he's going to comfort you. No matter what you're mourning for. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Beauty for, that's where the beauty for ashes come from. And the oil of joy. Do you, are you seeing this? Instead of mourning. In the garment of praise, instead of the spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Catch that. Everything I just told you about, I sought him for one thing and all his other stuff came. There it is in detail right there. This is what he came to take care of everything. Your pain, your finances, your, your, the shame, everything, right? And that verse, that last verse right there is the one I want you to grab, that last one right there. I hope you caught that one, that one right there, that one right there where it says, and they will be called, you will be called, oaks of righteousness planted by the Lord for display of what? Splendor. For what? Splendor. Wait, why is he doing all of this for you? No, for you could be a display of his splendor. Okay. I don't know if you caught that. You already got a little more excited. You got kids, you dress your kids up, right? And buy them designer sneakers and shoes. And I see people put the gold chains on the baby. That baby don't know that they take that thing and throw it away. He has no use for it. Who you dressing that baby up for? That's for you. That ain't for them. They don't know that those are Jordans. That's for you. It looks good on you. When your baby have the hottest, latest, nicest stuff. He said, I want to do this for you so that the devil and all his demons can see that's my babies. That's how I dress my kids. Look how they flow. That's why that scripture is a shame in the world. You see slaves riding horses and the princes of God walking like slaves. Yeah. God, like my kids supposed to roll like that. Yeah. I want you to be a display. Amen. I'm going to sit you out there for the universe to see. These are my babies. Stop begging God to do stuff that he want to do for you. Yeah. Just delight in him. Hmm. Wow. Then he goes on to say, let's wrap it up. You, I'm saying it says they, but it's talking about you, God's children, what, what will be done. We'll, build, we'll rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. That's what I'm doing right now. You're the place that have been ruined. And I'm preaching the acceptable year of the Lord and the good news to tell you that you can be restored. Amen. And that's your job too. They will renew the ruined cities. I will. We will. 
they have been devastated for generations. Yes, sure has, all through the church. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. You'll have people working for you. Foreigners will work your fields and your vineyard. Yep, you're gonna have you have, you you have a lot of employees. Be the head only and not the tail. This all lines up. And you will be called priest of the Lord. Again, his splendor, a display of his splendor, and your priests. And you will be named ministers of God. I received that in totality. You will feed on the wealth of nations and their and, and in their riches you will boast. I am beginning to experience that. And it feels very, very nice to watch the world provide for me. What are you talking about? Behold the birds of the air. Jesus never went, he never went sideways from this. They toil not, neither do they spin, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? He said, God will call me to minister this good news and share this truth with people. And then we will eat off of the labors. People will work the fields for us. Looking forward to that day. <laughs> I've been beginning to see it. I've been offered a position and some positions that have been kind of put in front of me. I was like, I don't know if I want that. And when somebody sat down with me not too long ago and said to me, do you understand the position that's being given to you? You get to run the whole almost town like, mm. like you like to, like almost above the mayor without being above the mayor. Or every financial institution talks to you. Mm. So I, I don't know if Lindsay knows this, but I looked up um, Homeboy's net worth. He's not doing so bad. <laughs> <laughs> And he asked me, do you want to take over this position? And I was like, hmm. Mm. But what was said to me recently is being who you are and the kind of counselor you are. And this man calls me his counselor, the man who offered me this position. He's told me, you know, you're my counselor. He said to me, and this person said to me, with the the ability to counsel and the insight and the knowledge you have, you can turn this whole county around. So many people would come to you that could use this. I said, well, okay, God, well, then let me just be still and see what you want to do. I'm officially already in on one level on the, on, on the board of directors. I want to watch God. I'm watching God saying, I will put you in the place that people will come and lay stuff at your feet. Delight in the Lord. Let him use you to counsel and stop this fake, foolish humility crap which is really inferiority describing itself as humility. That's what it is. It's inferiority. Just waiting for somebody to look out for me. I'm not waiting for anybody to look out for me. I'm provided for. Yeah. It's supposed to be that way. 
I don't claim it in faith and get on my knees and fast and pray about needs and I haven't for decades. Neither do you. How high is free? Let's bring it home. Verse seven, instead of shame, you receive a double portion. Instead of, the, instead of disgrace, you, you will rejoice in your inheritance and you will inherit a double portion in land and everlasting joy will be yours. My God, my God, my God. How many you can receive a dose of that? This is the word. I don't have to do a bunch of preaching on top of it. It's right there. It's in your Bible. If you don't go home and read the rest of this and do this yourself, you don't really want this. The thing you pursue the most diligently is the thing you want to be and want to be in the next couple of years. I know people, they're committed to their job, but they're not committed to themselves. They're committed to their work, but they're not committed to themselves. They're not committed to this word. They're not committed to the promise of God. And as a result, they don't have it. I submit before you today, as your teacher here, these promises belong to us all. And they're not hard to get because most believers are not claiming them. So I've put out a fleece before the Lord. For every Christian who won't receive his, I'm taking it. I'll take all of yours if you ain't gonna get it. Every single bit of it. I may, I may share a little bit with you, but I'm, I'm taking all of it. I suggest you take your own. I suggest you stand up and walk in this inheritance that God has called you to. And for your shame, sevenfold glory, baby. For every mistake that the enemy has made you fall into, you can claim a harvest even on that. See, if then once you, the enemy knows you know that, he stopped messing with you so much. He's like, every time I mess him up, he's going to claim sevenfold. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to claim mine. And if you're not going to claim yours, then I'm claiming yours too. That's my position. Diamond Brown and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, again, the, the, the enlightened truth of your word. Forgive us for living beneath our privilege and chasing after you for these trivial things when so much great lays before us. Thank you, Lord God, for even balanced understanding of the truth of your word. Help us to seek you, Lord God, the way you've called us to seek you. But help us to stop being intimidated and cowardly about the promises that belong to us in your kingdom. We want to know the total, total depth, height, width of freedom.
you came to redeem us from the curse of the law and to make us free. He whom the son makes free is free indeed. Show us how indeedly free we are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Father, I just want to start with prayer and say thank you for your word again, the power of your word, the truth of your word, the integrity of your word, the, just the whole light of it. Just you continue to unfold in the ways that we don't expect. And I love when you move in the ways that we don't expect because it always works out right. I, I never want to be in a place, and I don't think any of us do, where we get so in control and we figure out what you're doing so well that we no longer allow you to control. We want to be still. We keep, just keep surprising us. Keep throwing different things at us. Keep us on our toes. Just keep sending us down the roads that we didn't prepare for mentally, but you prepared us for without us knowing it so that you can just surprise us with great moves and great things. You are a wonderful, wonderful, mighty teacher. You are the best teacher there is. And we refuse any further to question your teaching methods. We trust your methods. You know what you're doing. You haven't failed us yet. And so we thank you right now with open heart and open mind and great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. So, excited um, this week and last week were challenging in a good way. I don't mean in a bad way. I mean just really like eye-opening weeks. I found a deeper and a greater power in shutting up. It is, wow, it, the power of shut up, that should be an anointing in the Bible. Just to shut the anointing to shut your mouth. I mean, I can hear so much when I'm not trying to make my point and listen to another person's point. And like, as they're talking, even though my insides is like, I'm ready to go. I start saying, God, help me see what, what's being said here. Help me see. And it's helped us in business. That's part of what Lindsay was talking about because she was feeling some kind of way about certain things and, and had the right and, and to be indignant. But I was like, yeah, but let's, Let's look at it from where they're sitting. Holy Spirit, show us what's actually, what they think they're saying, even if they're not saying the right thing. And then how do we respond to that? And, um, you know, because customer service is a part of a growing business. It's not always about I'm right and they're wrong. It's about, but did at the end of the day, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Did we make peace? Did we find peace? And, and you know, this is the area of my life that God has been teaching me. So we're still doing the message now. We're going forward and how high is free. And, and God keeps showing me as a result of this message. And I want you babies to listen real close to me. Freedom has a height, but it has even more of a depth. And I teach this in the past, but it hits me now and in this message for the future. How high a tree grows is not important. It's how deep it grows first. If the roots are not going deeper into the ground and the tree is going higher up, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it in my area 
There are trees laying over, root source sticking up out the ground because the roots didn't grow strong enough to support the height of the tree. So when the wind and the rains hit it, it just fell right over, had no root. And again, root is not the thing we pay attention to. We pay attention to the beauty. But I say in the realm of the spirit, you need to go deep before you go up. You need to stop asking God for promotion without asking for expansion in realm of the spirit. Catch these little one-liners here because these, these, these are hot. God gave me these off the press here. Just, just, just bask in what I'm saying here. Height without spiritual depth and expansion is a recipe for disaster because we understand that the enemy comes to try you when you begin to reach for heights. But the higher I go up the ladder, the more I want to make sure before I get on the ladder that the foundation is stable and solid and that there's, there's support down there to make sure the ladder doesn't fall over. Because the more higher up you get, the more vulnerable you are. In the realm of the spirit, God wants us to grow deeper. And I heard it but I never really got it from this perspective. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness grow deeper in terms of that. And the things on top can be added because the bottom can support it. There are places in our life that we're not going higher because we're not going deeper. And he will not put more or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. And that scripture has been misused for so long. He will not put more than you on you can you stand. And it doesn't say that. It says he will not be allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. And we can look at that from the negative side. But God also showed me it from what we would call the positive side. That's still a negative side. More wealth, more success. I want a husband. All these kind of things you're asking for. Give me a wife. All that stuff happening and you don't have the spiritual root to support it, it will come crumbling down on you. He's not going to give you or he's not going to permit you with more than he knows that you can handle. So even the blessings you're asking for, he is not going to give you something that might lead you away from him or get you deeper in your mess than you already are if you don't have the spiritual root to sustain it. That's a good amen. Let me take that in moment. God began to show me in so many areas of my life, I couldn't take you up until I could take you deep. Even him saying to me a month or so ago, which I talked to you about, get up from there and show me that he had delivered me from the spirit of depression. I didn't even realize I had. Well, how can he take me high if that thing still existed? It had to be confronted. Last week, I told you, he said to me, let me talk to you about the loss of your son. Let's unpack that and deal with it. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. He was like, I can't take you further if you won't let me take you deeper. I can't take you higher. I can't, Jesus, I, I'm into contracting and, and building, so I understand this. You can't take a, a, a foundation it can be a good, solid, strong, um, concrete rebar foundation cinder block. Four foot deep footers, everything in place the way it needs to be. 
But if the, the width of that thing is only designed to handle a height of a two-story house, you can't go 10 stories. You have to now go back to that foundation, expand it, deepen it, whatever needs to be done before you can start building up on it again. In the, in the realm of the spirit, the kingdom is the same way. You can't keep asking God to bless you when your foundation does not support the weight that you're asking for. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I love getting it first and then trying it and then coming and sharing it with you because I'm now can give you the experience of the truth. I'm not just preaching something I heard T.D. Jakes or somebody say on TV. Oh, that's good. I mean, right. That, I'm going to repeat that. No, I want to give you experientially what I am living out myself and not even after I get to the victory, but as I'm walking it out. I share it with you so you can walk with me. See, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, you can't follow me if I'm already there, tossing down instruction to you, telling you what to do. Follow me means I need to be in your sight and in your, in, in your visual periphery. As you see me going forward, you can actually follow me. And that's why I teach the way I teach. I'm going to tell you what I'm struggling with. I want to tell you what I'm going through. I ain't going to tell you everything because some of it's not your business and some of y'all wouldn't know what to do with, you know, just like you ain't going to get on here and tell me all your stuff. You'll tell me what you want me to know and respect me, do the same, you know, but those are the people, there are people in my life that God has put there that I can tell everything, but let's move it on. With this understood, I, I want you to go to Psalms 37. And I want you to talk about, with me, even though you're muted, I want you to hear me and I want you to kind of talk, have this dialogue in the spirit with me. That's what I'm asking you for right now. I'm asking you to have a dialogue in the realm of the spirit with me. So in Psalms 37, we're talking about foundation. We're talking about how high is free. But now we're kind of touching, now not kind of touching, now, but we're dealing with a subtitle, How Deep is Free. Because depth allows height and it allows growth and it allows expansion. Amen? All right, let's do this thing. Um, are you there with, with me, Psalm 37? Let's start at verse... Hmm. Let's start at verse 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So I'm not going to do a whole thing on that, but you know if you're wicked or not, if you borrow and don't repay. That's what I'll just leave it right there. I'll just leave it right there. Um, but that's not the point. I just want you to see this. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land but those who he curses will be destroyed. Somebody say, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on, I'm on the former. I am of the blessed. You know, just, you can just acknowledge that. Watch this. The Lord makes firm the steps of him who he, who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord will uphold him with his hand. I can do the whole message on that, but there's more. But let's, let's just, just get this foundation in. 
The Lord makes firm the steps of the one whom he delights in. Let me say it again. The Lord makes firm my steps because he delights in me. I ain't going to speak for you. I'm just going to speak for me. You're welcome to join. If you don't want to, it's all good. The Lord makes firm my steps because I'm his dude. He delights in me. He likes me a lot. He's proven that over and over again. So I don't know. Why, why don't one of you just claim that for yourself? My steps are firm because the Lord delights in me. And there's a reason why I'm making a big deal out of this. Don't just take this. Like, hey, that's a good positive word to say. No, it's deeper than that. If my steps are firm, that's a foundation statement. You can't build your house on the sand, he said, because the rains and the winds come and it will crumble. So you have to build it on concrete because concrete is firm. It's firm. It's solid. So the scriptures are saying the Lord, if he delights in you, he makes your foundation solid. He makes your steps firm. You're not walking on muddy ground. You're not walking on a dusty, dirty, crumbling path. You're not on the side of a mountain slipping as you walk. You're not caught in a mudslide. Your steps are firm of his doing if he delights in you. Well, I don't know about you, but then I want to make sure he really delights in me because I like my steps being firm. I like clarity. I like peace of mind. Me being a planner, me being a, a, a structure person, You'll hear me say that all the time, and you'll always agree with me. I'm a structure person. Well, you can't build a structure without a firm foundation. I'm going to take a side journey. I have somebody in my life. I won't mention his name. But every time I talk to him, he has all these ideas. I want to do this. I think we should do this together. And we could build this. And we could start this. And we could do this. And you know, I was thinking, maybe we could go into real estate. And we could buy some houses. And you can do this. And I could flip them. And you could put up the bed. And, da, 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 da. and I say, okay. Out of every conversation, when the ideas begin, my first response is to kind of go, here we go. But somewhere in that conversation, an idea gets introduced. That's a good idea. And I go, ah, let's talk more about that. How do you plan to establish this? What would be the percentage of that? Have you looked into the banking system and see what the money requirements are to do something like that? What is, what is the potential growth and increase financially over what period of time? And I begin to ask the questions and then he goes to, you know what? And we could start a school where we could train people to do it. And then we could get like vans where we could. And I'm like, all right, this conversation is over because you just want to keep pooping a bunch of stuff into the air. And some of it is good, but none of it has any beginning. So therefore, it will never have an ending. And I had to finally say, you know, in the past 10 years, you have talked to me about so many ideas, some of them very good, and not one thing that you have spoken to me about has come to any fruition. Not one. Not one. You still do exactly what you used to do 10 years ago when we first started talking. 
Now, you're listening to me because that's church folk. The Lord is always doing a new thing. They love that. The Lord is doing a new thing. He ain't finished the old thing with you. Now you want to keep on singing. He's doing a new thing. What's, what happened to that, the, all them other 10 things, that new things that God was doing with you? Where the, Is there even some foundation somewhere laid that we can start building on? See, I, I know you're laughing because I know some of you are probably identifying with some of this stuff. It's true. God can't do nothing with you because he can't get you to start. People say we start with bad finishes. Some people don't even start. They start talking, but they don't start moving. They don't start laying foundation. And I say this to you, even if you lay 15 foundations, if the Lord brings you back to it, you got something to start building on a little bit more. But build something, start something, develop something, begin to watch that thing. Yeah, but we started that and we didn't finish it. But was it started? Yes. Do you have it? Yes. One of the big things God has been showing me, even as he's leading me to go to the podcast and to begin to focus on the social media stuff, which I'm going to tell you up until recently, I hated it. I don't have nothing to do with social media and none of this kind of stuff. Then I saw myself buying mics and getting ring lights. I'm like, God, why am I doing this stuff? And he said, psych, gotcha. Told you you're doing it. <laughs> but because I obeyed and did the stuff that he told me to do, stuff is in place for me to do this. Then the pandemic ha happened and boom, see, now this is what you do, how you like it. That's nice. Okay. I, was, I told you years ago you was doing this, but because you obeyed, I got enough material I, because I started Vision Builders when he told me to, because we started recording the ministry. I got content to start posting for the next five years if I want to without having to do anything new because I was obedient to what I had. Okay. Roof is an example. Roof, you started doing your, your beauty thing. You probably started and you stopped and then you went back and you said, I don't feel like it. And you feel like it again. But when you go back, you have a foundation. You have something there that you obeyed God and you started. And because of that, God understands we're going to get lazy and, and clock out every now and then. But the foundations must be laid. So listen, he makes your steps firm. But here's another step point I want to make to that. Firm steps means to give you solid foundation, right? Two, ready? The word is steps. He didn't say the word confirms your idleness. He didn't say he, he confirms you standing in one place waiting on the Lord. He said your steps. That means you're making movement. You're moving in a direction. Steps indicates motion. You're doing it. Can I get a wave or something? Or I know I can't hear your hallelujah and stuff, but you understand what I'm saying? Steps mean you're moving. But I think I went the wrong way. Okay, turn around and go the other way then. But you're still moving. He doesn't bless immobility. He blesses motion. I don't know. I have a, agree with that. Faith without works is dead. What do you need me to say? Okay. There needs to be movement. He, he, he affirms your step. He, he, he makes your steps solid. There are no steps. Have, there needs to be steps. That's all. I, I don't have to get deep with this. You have to be walking. You have to be in motion. You have to be moving. You have to be in the direction. You have to do it. Well, what if I did the wrong thing? Well, 
you you probably will. You're human, but at least you move it, and he'll make them steps firm if you move. Somebody say you got to move. Come on now, I know I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Watch this. The Lord makes firm the steps of those who he delights in or who delights in him. He makes the steps firm. I kept saying who he delights in, but it's who delights in him. So I, I, I read it wrong twice and I said it wrong twice, but it works both ways. He delights in you, but he, this here says, and if you delight in him, how many you delight in him? Well, then your steps are firm. And though you stumble, you won't fall. Though you stumble, you make a mistake, you won't fall because the Lord, because you delight in him, will hold you up with his hand. How many of you feel like in your walk that you've fallen, you've made some mistakes and you've fallen? I submit you today, if you delight in the Lord, you didn't fall, you just stumbled. You didn't wait long enough to realize that his hand was still holding you up. If you fell, you'd be down somewhere. You'd be laying in a pit somewhere. I submit you, you didn't fall, you stumbled. But if you, oh, come on, saints. But if the scripture, I mean, I, 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 are we taking this word to be legitimate or not? So I have to conclude that all these times I felt that I failed, that I wasn't failing. I stumbled. But because I delighted in him, he kept me up. Peter didn't drown. He just began to sink when he walked on the water with Jesus. He didn't drown. He began to sink. He said, Lord, help me. And the Lord, with his own hand, pulled him up. Saints, stop counting these so-called failures in your life. I'm asking you today to dismiss them and discard them and throw them away. I'm asking you to stop judging yourself harshly and beating up yourself about things in your life that you do not need to be beating yourself up about. He said he'll take your hand and pull you up if you delight in him. Even if you stumble, you won't fall. Even if you stumble, you won't fall. Even if you stumble, you won't fall. I'm confessing from this day that I've stumbled, but I am no longer speaking of myself that I fell, I failed, or I fall. I'm no longer speaking that over myself. That's my position. You can do what you want, because the Lord will hold me up with his own hand. He told me this. It's right there. Now this next verse has a different meaning to me. I was young, and now that I'm old, Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Wow. I always, I remember when I was going through homelessness and bad times in my life, I would say to God, well, the scripture says young and I'm old now I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Yeah, I can't, I, I'm begging bread. I'm on welfare. I can't even, and I was going through this whole thing. Many times, I remember when God turned it around for me and said to me first to stop saying that, but I didn't get it like I got it now. But way back then I got it. When I did the message, show me a sign. This was like decades ago. Show me a sign. Obedience is better. 
And I said, a park car cannot be steered, that you have to be moving for God to give you direction. If a car's parked, I don't care if the motor's running. I don't care if you're pushing the gas all the way down to the floor. It's going to make a lot of but it's not going to change direction until you put it into drive. And then even if you stir the wheel to the left and to the right, if the car's not moving, the direction will not change. There needs to be movement for God to apply direction. And so God said to me, you failed when you weren't moving. But once you begin moving in the direction I called you to, you may have stumbled. You may have drove down a wrong dead end block and had to back up and turn around and go the wrong way. You may have wandered, drifted off into traffic and had to sit in traffic for a little bit. Right. You know, I heard your prayer the moment you prayed, but the Prince of Persia withstood me. But I sent the answer out immediately. You may have got off on some wrong tracks, but you ain't failed. And you definitely not going to run out of gas because he's going to get you back and he's going to get you back there and he'll get your car there. If you got to run on fumes, he'll make you. He'll, oh, my God. I, I, I'm a living witness. The tank was on empty. I'm like, God, I can't find a gas station. And that car kept running until I got to a gas station like 10 miles later. So I know. So. Freedom needs height, needs depth, needs motion, needs height, needs depth, needs motion, needs height, needs depth, needs motion. So then you can take this, I was young and I'm now I'm old and I've never been forsaken nor my seed begging bread. I've never been into a place where I would need to beg for bread now for close to 30 years. Never lacked in anything and in any way for like 30 years. Because I came to that revelation, as long as I'm going forward, you're gonna provide for me. You're gonna bless me. You're gonna take care of me. You're not gonna forsake me. And even if I stumble, you won't let me fall. What a mighty God we serve. All I ask you to do is just adore me. Just, just, just love me. Just appreciate me. You will inherit this land. See, you go back to the first where I started in 22. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land. He's, he's telling you, and I'm, you're going to inherit the land. In verse 23, he's going to make your steps firm if you delight in him. And in 24, he says, even if you stumble, you will not fail. And the Lord will hold you up with his own hand. And then 25, he says, you are, and you will not be forsaken, nor would you ever have to beg for bread. And even your children will be a blessing. My God. What more do I need to say today? What more do I need to say? Look at the God we serve. Look at how high free is. And no matter how high we get, we're going to look up and find out that there's more height. And there's more depth. And there's more expansion. But faith requires your emotion. It requires you to move. It requires you to take a step. How long have you been 
procrastinating about doing that thing that you know God has told you to do. Well, if I had the money, or if I had the opportunity, well, if people would just support me, you know, you know, that's one of the sad things I hear Christians say all the time. You know, I, you know, I don't have the connections. I don't have the support. I mean, if I had, you know, the connections and the hookups, you know, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know people like you know people. Well, I know people can walk up to them and say hi and talk to them because God tells me to, you know. But when you talk like that and you make those excuses, shame on you. You like the man laying by the pool with Bethesda saying, I don't have a man to put me in the water. I've been laying here for decades and, and you know, I'm just waiting for somebody to put me in the water. Turn over and stick your finger in there. Do the best you can, you know, roll to the water, you know, crawl to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when somebody else gets in it, stick your head close enough so the water splashes on you. You know, make some kind of movement, you know, that God can look at and say, now I see faith and works. Just believing and claiming is not faith. He gives you firm foundation to your steps, babies. I love you. I pray that you got something today that will just not only just bless you for the day, but change the trajectory of your whole life. I pray right now that this word sits into your spirit. And every time you want to get passive or lethargic or in self-pity or anything else, that you will hear these words echoing in your spirit. Echo, 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 echo till you can't stop it. Where's your motion? Where's your depth? What height are you reaching for? Are you taking steps so that God can order them? He can't order your steps if you're not walking. My steps are ordered by the Lord. You're not doing anything. Stop being afraid of what God has called you to do. Stop sitting on it, waiting for opportunity. Walk out into nothing if that's what you have to do. Well, I'm afraid I might fail. You already fail because you're not doing anything. I'd rather fail going forward than fail sitting down. But according to this word, I won't fail. I might stumble. You may stumble. But children of God, you won't fail. That's a promise. It's our promise. Say it's my promise. Um, I want to just end it, but I want to say this. I want you to decide right now that you stop beating yourself up about your past stumbles. You see how that sounds? Because you say, you know, my past failures. You know how often I've said that over myself? My past stumbles. My past missteps. But see, even in a misstep, the word step is still in there. Past stumbles, past missteps. But God, with his own hand, has held me up and brought me through. Will you stumble? Sure. Will you make missteps? Of course. Embrace it, knowing this, that God, with his own hand, will keep you from falling. And he'll get you where you're supposed to be. In Jesus' name, love you, saints. Amen.